As the calendar year switches to 2024, lots of rules and regulations come to the American public and perhaps none greater on a state level than what's going on in California with the California Air Resources Board implementing a number of regulations, including the clean truck check. And joining us to talk about it is Beth White, the manager of strategic planning and development for clean truck check for the California Air Resources Board. Beth, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. So just to kind of give everybody a, a flatline view of, of where we are and what's going on here, give us an idea of what the goal of the clean truck check is uh, in terms of, and maybe what was the impetus to start where, where you were to where you want to get? Certainly. Um, I'll say really quickly that uh, clean truck check is basically very um, comparable to uh, the smog check for light duty vehicles, except it's geared towards medium duty and heavy duty trucks. Um, so a lot of similarities there. Um, and of course, despite we this, you know, comprising only about 3% of California's total on-road vehicle fleet, heavy duty vehicles play a significant role in statewide mobile air pollution. So in 2020, they were responsible for about 52% of oxides of nitrogen and 54% of particulate matter. And as you mentioned earlier, we've had several regulations, especially fleet regulations that have been geared towards trying to reduce um, these emissions from diesel exhaust. About 70% of Californians live in areas that exceed the federal ozone and um, particulate matter standards. And these emissions pose serious threats to human health and environment and exposure to, to the particulate matter ozone can lead to severe adverse health effects, including asthma, cardiopulmonary and respiratory diseases, um, and premature death. Um, and ensuring that out-of-state vehicles operating in California are regulated as well as those based in California is critical for improving air quality in California and also levels the playing field. Approximately half of the vehicles operating in California each year are out-of-state vehicles, and these out-of-state vehicles contribute significantly to total heavy-duty vehicle emissions um, in California. So we expect the impact, as you asked, um, of clean truck check is projected to make a substantial difference in these emission reductions. Through 2050, it's estimated to prevent over 6,000 tons of particulate matter emissions, and 684,000 tons of oxides of nitrogen emissions. Uh, also, the program's um, expected to prevent um, certainly uh, a lot of health issues and, and cardiopulmonary-related deaths, um, in addition to um, health benefit savings of over $76 billion. And these significant health improvements will be felt statewide, uh, particularly in densely populated regions like South Coast, San Joaquin Valley, and the Bay Area. Uh, where those standards are still not met, uh, those federal attainment standards are still not met. And uh, these areas are often low income and disproportionately suffer greater health impacts from air pollution. So we're looking to really make an impact in those areas. So looking at that, obviously, you, we can jump into the numbers ad nauseum here in terms of how this yes. could possibly go. But um, as, as you look at that, what numbers, in your opinion, are the most important in terms of, is it emissions? Is it the number that we have to get to? What's most important to you when it comes to reducing this number and making life easier? Well, certainly disproportionately affected um, communities, we want to work on, you know, really focus on that. And so that's one of the reasons why we have other regulations like advanced clean fleets um, that is heavily um, and aggressively looking at improving those numbers at the ports and intermodal rail yards where communities are in those areas are heavily impacted by, by emissions and by the health impacts of those emissions. So in a general sense, besides me reading off a few numbers and that I, I had to look at really quickly to refresh my memory, 
um, you know, just overall, just helping those communities, especially and statewide in California, where we continue to have the worst air in the nation. And so we continue to make these efforts to to improve those numbers and they have been improving, but but we still aren't meeting those federal attainment standards in those three areas that I mentioned earlier. And so we need to really work on those areas and, and get those numbers um, reduced for the emissions. Several decades ago, Walter Cronkite said famously on national television that Chattanooga, where we're based, was the dirtiest city in the country. And of course, that prompted a massive overhaul of uh, being a steel city at that particular time, a massive overhaul of, of pollution standards there as well. So that can definitely relate to, at least we can, what you're trying to do in California there as well. Um, go, leading up into this uh, th- this year, uh, coming up into it, you did a number of what they're called dirty truck checks. Uh, was, there was one in Bakersfield, one on a road into Fresno, one into a port. I think there was one also into uh, a border crossing there as well. I know you probably don't have those numbers right offhand, but what did you learn about what's going on at these different tr- dirty truck checks in terms of how many trucks per se may be in violation of, of, of what is the emission standard as now? Yeah, and I do have a couple of numbers. I looked them up and, and tried to get something current from about mid last month um, that I can, can um, let you know about. But in general, as we go through these focused, targeted efforts in areas heavily impacted, um, we are looking to look at really potential high emitters um, using our automated license plate readers, roadside inspections, um, portable and stationary equipment that um, uh, measures emissions of trucks as they drive past them. Um, so in conjunction with the uh, automated license plate readers, we know which vehicle um, had what, what level of emissions. And so as we expand that program, uh, it has certainly been key to us finding out, you know, where the worst um, offenders are as far as emissions are concerned and and getting those vehicles repaired and, and you know, and then passing a compliance test relative to clean truck check requirements. And, and that's really what we're looking to do. And that's why the regulation was named the heavy duty inspection and maintenance regulation. Um, just branding of clean truck check is much easier for folks that are used to smog check and that type of thing. But that is what it's all about. It's, it's inspection and maintenance of these vehicles and staying on top of that. Um, quick numbers that I have from la- mid, mid last month, so about a month ago, is that we, um, relative to that program with the uh, with emissions detectors and, and the license plate readers, we sent out over 1,700 uh, notices to submit to testing to potential high emitters. We screened over 525,000 vehicles um, using our mobile and permanently you know, stationary units that we have. And it's over 6,000 roadside inspections. I feel like it's maybe over 7,000 now, but I know that, that those were the numbers that I had from last month. Okay. Um, as that works here going forward now, of course, April 2024 is a big month for you guys. But also you had uh, January 1st uh, was the deadline for, for registering uh, your vehicle in California, moving up. And that deadline got moved back to January the 31st. And I just want to ask you about what you've learned in terms of compliance and, and in terms of what you're seeing in terms of how the state truck owners are, are trying to trying to deal with it and and and, and focus through get through uh, this registration period. Obviously, when April comes, when things uh, go to testing. Yeah, no, I I just recently pulled numbers for something else uh, relative to what we're seeing on the HDIM email, which is HDIM at ARB.CA.gov. If you have questions specific to that program. 
to clean truck check. And we were seeing a higher percentage of reporting related questions in prior months. But the numbers I just pulled recently from my staff shows that it's about half, about 55% are relative to reporting. The rest have to do with either credentialed testers and how to become one and that type of thing, uh, periodic uh, testing specific requirements because that starts this year. And, and those types of questions are what make up the, the approximately the other half. So we are seeing a trend towards folks either attending reporting webinars that we've had, watching videos that we've recorded of those, reading the outreach materials, getting their questions answered through email. And so I think the learning curve is, is getting better. And I, and I am glad we were able to provide a little bit of additional time for folks to, to get into the system and, and understand how it works and get things reported. So for those who are not familiar with the system and, and what, you're, what you're essentially implementing here, as you look at it, when a truck goes into test, as that gets started to, to get ramped up here, What's the, the, the ceiling, if you will, the maximum allowable you, you pass score? And basically, how difficult is that going to be for a truck, uh, even an older truck, as it, as it goes through these tests? Yeah, so um, because we still technically have periodic smoke inspection program, which is for heavier vehicles um, and is similar to smog check for light duty, that program is in effect, but does sunset this year as we kick in the clean truck check periodic testing requirements. So folks are used to that, that test. Um, for non-OBD vehicles, it's a smoke opacity test and then a visual inspection of the emissions equipment. Um, and and there and many you know vehicle owners are certainly used to that through through that program. Um, and then for OBD testing, you can either have a plug-in that you can plug in and and have those uh, results sent, or you can have a telematics device where that can you just leave it basically plugged in as it were, um, and and then you know that feeds when it needs to for the periodic testing um, tests. And so um, as we continue to get more testing devices approved so that we have telematics devices approved um, and, and uh, other um, OBD devices approved, then, you know, folks will have more choices uh, as to what type of uh, vendor or device they want to use. Gotcha there as well. Okay, so uh, testing again starts in uh, uh, April of 2024. Um, testing once, then, of course, twice. Uh, Got to do it twice a year. And then in 2027, it gets ramped up to four times or at least once a quarter, I believe, uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, I don't think, uh, of course, over the course of period, you're going to see a ton of negative aspect of it in terms of why you're doing it. I think that that is certainly uh, going to be more and more evident as market forces start to look at the problem and go, OK, we do need to do something about this here. But sometimes people may look at the schedule at which this is trying to be accomplished, they may go, wow, that's impossible, or that's very, very difficult. What kind of backlash, if any, have you seen about just clean truck check in terms of you know, th this, is, this is something that we just don't want to do, or this is impossible, or you know, logistically, this, this, this could be out of our hands? Um, so quick clarification on the twice a year and four times a year, that um, that. The semi-annual applies to all vehicles except for California registered motorhomes and agricultural vehicles. They only right. have to do it once a year. Mm -hmm. um, and then the semi-annual that um, for OBD vehicles, it goes to quarterly after, you know, 2027. Um, you know, those can be done for OBD vehicles. Like I said, you it's plugged in. You don't, you know, have to go to a, a, a 
credential tester to get that done kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, if you've got the continuous telematics and it's, it's, you know, it can feed easily without you having to do anything. Um, so we're trying to make it as easy as we can. In addition to stationary locations, we certainly have mobile um, entities that are willing to go out to someone if they're more rural and they, and they need that to happen that way. I will say right now we have um, almost 6,000 credential testers um, 2,000 of which are public, um, publicly available and listed on our website. Um, and the reason for those numbers being skewed that way is obviously a very large percentage of the fleets are um, getting this um, ability to do the testing themselves in-house. So one of the things that you mentioned uh, as we kind of outlined the program is that you're also looking at out-of-state trucks as well as the, as the in-state Absolutely. ones. And one of the one of the aspects of that, I believe, if I read correctly, that uh, it doesn't necessarily apply to every single one. For instance, if you're just coming in, picking up a load and leaving, you can get a five day pass and you don't necessarily have to be subject to those regulations. Correct me if I'm wrong there. But how did you conclude how much out of state trucks would be affected by this regulation? Um, so there's a couple of different factors there, and certainly um, each truck can come in once on a five-day pass. So if on the fly you had to send in a truck that you hadn't reported because your other truck broke down or whatever the situation is, then you could report, ask for the five-day pass, and, um, and what the date range is that it'll be in, and then it, it's in you know very temporarily and back out again kind of thing. Um, Another factor to consider is that um, for the long haul trucks that come from out of state, their normal business practices tend to be to turn over the vehicles fairly quickly. And I'm not saying that newer vehicles don't need um, inspection and maintenance. They certainly do. But that does help the curve a little bit when we take that into consideration. But like I said, <clears throat> they only each vehicle can only come in once a year and only be in for five days. Gotcha. Was there any consideration for the fact that, I mean, obviously, if you can only do that once, any backlash that you might see from trucking companies and say, well, I would just rather not have to deal with the regulation, therefore avoid California altogether? Um, I haven't seen a hit like that, like I thought potentially might happen. So it's a very good question. Um what I've seen more of um, and and wasn't necessarily thinking that this would be the case is that um, out-of-state fleets have reported are, are leaning towards reporting their whole fleet so that they have the flexibility to come in and out of California, not actually have to think about the five-day pass, not have to think about which truck's coming in. They just rather report the whole fleet and then they have the flexibility to just send in whoever they want to. And so that's actually what I'm seeing much, much more of than the alternative. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. So as testing begins, uh, and like coming up in, in April or so, what do you expect to see in terms of compliance and participation? And what would you hope to see in a good scenario? Um, well, obviously, ideally, we would like to see compliance rates very high um, mm -hmm. relative to emissions impact and, and, and health impact, associated health impact and that type of thing. So, um, We've seen it, compliance rates. I, I oversaw the implementation of the truck and bus regulation, the heavy duty truck and bus regulation for over 10 years. Um, similar reg, um, although it was a fleet regulation, but in the sense of you know who it applied to, um, it included out-of-state vehicles. Um, there was a three-day pass in that regulation and, and those types of similarities. And we continued to watch the compliance rates increase with that. 
um, certainly similar to truck and bus and Senate Bill 1, which um, tied registration holds in for, for the vehicles that that applied to. Um, SB 210, that's affiliated with Clean Truck Check, also ties in the, the registration holds. And so that, that helps level the playing field um, and ensure that there's not a competitive disadvantage for fleets that are, that are making every effort to comply and investing in that. So last question before we let you go, the California standards okay. now uh, very much uh, supersede the federal standards and you're going well above and beyond those as far as that's concerned. In your mind, what then is the biggest uh, obstacle in terms of getting this done uh, in the goals that you have set? Is it participation? Is it uh, public opinion? Uh, what, what, what are your biggest obstacles forward in trying to get this done in the time frame that you want to get it done? Um, I think one of our bigger challenges is certainly, um, you know, even though we have made every effort possible, we have devoted a lot of staff to outreach, is just to really make sure that we get out, get the word out there um, so that, that folks all know about it that need to know about it. Not every fleet has an environmental compliance officer, um, you know, and so we need to make sure that, that for these smaller, medium-sized fleets that, that we've gotten the word out fully. I think another thing that we've continued to, to keep putting, you know, thinking about and making sure that we've sent some targeted and focused um, outreach out is where um, certain vehicles might not have been subject to the truck and bus regulation, but they are now subject to clean truck check. Certain vehicles were not subject to the periodic smoke inse inspection program. They are subject to clean truck check. And so for those folks that we, are, we have concerns that they may think that um, they're not subject to clean truck check, that we, um, we help them out, uh, we, we let them know what the requirements are, we give, you know, educate them through outreach materials relative to the reporting system and, and the things that they need to do to meet the periodic testing requirements and that type of thing. It would be a, certainly a great mountain to climb there as well and a long way to go to get to that final goal as well. Beth, uh, thanks so much for yes. joining us here with the California Air Resources Board. You're very welcome, thank you.